0: Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Tune podcast. All right, everybody, we're going to talk today about belly button theology in or, in or out. So, um, I'm going to have a lot of scripture references. I have them all pasted in the notes. So I, I want you to Let it wash over you. I want you to let, to encounter uh, the one who is the word as I, as I'm ministering the scripture, because I I want you to, 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 uh, uh, let the Lord minister to you the vastness of what he's done, not just for the people who jump through the hoop, say a prayer and are saved the way we've kind of been taught. Um, but just for the human race. Um, and what that means and what that means in terms of evangelism, what that means in terms of how we look at other people, uh, what that means is our ability to love other people. Because a lot of times if your theology is that there are people that are in and there's people that are out and the ones that are out are, you know, getting ready to spin off an eternal conscious torment, if you don't you know, get them in. Um, and number one, that, that is like suddenly there's just all this pressure, right? So like maybe they'll go to hell if you don't do it. And maybe if you sort of don't buy into the in and out narrative that you're going to hell and that the gospel is all about keeping away from hell and in and out. And that's like hell. <laughs> um, there's no freedom in that. Um, and it minimizes what Christ actually did on the cross. And I, 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 you know, sin is worse than we know, but it's all also been taken care of even as it's being taken care of to a human being. And really the job for that is on God's shoulders. And then we get to partner, but, uh, but if, if, if we're kind of going at people, uh, with the sense of you're out and you need to get in, in order, uh, not to go to hell, um, uh, like, that's, that's not transformative. That's not an encounter with God who is love. And that really waters down what Christ actually did. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to come at it from a new perspective, um, with the inness of humanity. Now that doesn't mean, let me just say what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that everybody knows Christ. It's, it's an issue of, um, belief. It's an issue of how much we believe because even as followers of Christ who say we're followers of Christ and we're like pursuing that, you know, every day or whatever. Um, you know, there are places where we don't know Christ. Does that mean we're out? Right? Uh, no, it means we don't know. We have a problem with knowing. We have a problem with not believing. Who God is. And so we're just all growing, right? Um, so I'm just going to help you with that. And then what tends to happen is we tend to evaluate people. We can get into pride. You know, the word Pharisee, uh, means to separate out, to separate, um, separatist. And we don't want to be that, um, because we're not separated. A lot of this comes from the concept that God created uh the world and then separated himself from the cosmos. And so, which means that while we say he's everywhere, that he's not one with people who are not calling upon his name. Now I'm going to qualify that. So nobody panic and we're going to have a lot of scripture, but I just want to help you sort of with an overall uh, premise to try to help you expand uh, how you see Christ and the finished work of the cross. Um, so if God, if God is omnipresent, but he's separated from his creation, that means he's not omnipresent. So we need to make up our minds here. Um, and then if he's omnipresent, but he's kind of floaty-oaty around, but he's not in people that haven't called upon his name, um, I don't know how they're breathing because he's the source of life so they shouldn't be living i understand there's a deadness that's happening and in the places where we don't know him we're alienated in our minds as the scripture says and um, <clears throat> and we um there's a there's a death there there's a deadness there there's not life there you know um christ said that eternal life is knowing the father and his son Okay. So this is knowing God. So to the extent that we know God rightly, we're experiencing eternal life. This is about experiential reality. But just because we haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not truth. And I, and, and so, um, and, and I, and I believe this goes to the extent of, wow, um, God is everywhere. God is in everyone. Um, but they don't know it. And to the extent that they don't know it, they're not experiencing eternal life. And that's to the believers who believe in Christ and the finished work of the cross. Really good idea. And the unbelievers who don't believe that and are maybe following a different God. And, and I'm, I, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying that all roads lead to the father. That is just a lie. Right. Um, but what I am saying is that, um, God is on all those roads. Drawing all humanity to his father and their father. And, <clears throat> and that's going to look different, but you won't meet a human being that doesn't have God in them. But you will meet a lot of human beings who are don't completely blind to that. Our problem is blindness, whether we're believers or unbelievers. Okay. <clears throat> so that's my premise and you can disagree and that's fine. Um, But let me just say this, having this discussion is not going to send anybody to hell. (laughs) It's going to keep a lot of hell out of everybody. And it's also going to bring freedom so that we could love people into knowing the Father because we're actually looking like the Father. We can love people into, it's like you're already in and let me awaken to that. And that will draw them to someone who's not rejected them because they haven't jumped through a hoop but who, who pursues them. The prodigal son was pursued. The religious son was, we're all being pursued. And we don't be like, want to be like the religious son is like, well, keep that disgusting prodigal away. No, we want to say, let's love him back into the kingdom and let's look like our father, okay? And the father's uh, grievance with both sons was that they didn't know him, particularly with the elder brother, Okay. And we don't, so we don't want to be the Pharisee who separates. Um, So let's talk about some of these scriptures. And I did put them out for you. And I I want them to let it, you to let it wash over you and minister to your heart and let Holy Spirit in you lead you and guide you into all truth. Make this something there where you're engaging and maybe challenging some sacred cows about what the gospel is really about. Uh, that all are included, and we're awakening to that inclusion. Um The issue. Let me just help you before we get there um, with how the afterlife. Uh, let's table that for another conversation because it's complicated. And honestly, after a while, you know, we're we're subjecting. But I will say this. Um, that I, I would challenge anybody. And, I'm, and this is like a real challenge. This is not a, I'm going to battle you with my scripture and we're going to beat each other up with scripture. I am so not interested. Like I'll just, you're right. Okay, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> um, but what I will say is if you find something um, that I've missed, because I haven't seen it yet, that says, wow, death is the dividing mark between your ability to choose. It really does not say that. Okay. Um, so I don't believe death is a savior. I believe Jesus Christ is a savior, and I believe his work goes on after, even after death. I could be wrong, but I think there's a whole lot more evidence to point to that than to the other. But it is very, very, um, there, there, that's exhaustive in, in studying that. I, I recommend if you're wanting to do that, I'm just going to recommend Brad's Jurzacs or Gates Will Never Be Shut, really like stellar work um, and um, stellar work uh, and, oh my God, exhaustive. Okay. It'll probably wear you out with its thoroughness, but it's really good. And that will help with that discussion. But I'm not going to go there with what that means. I'm in the here and now. And how do we treat people? How do we look at people that are believers or unbelievers? How do we do that? So let's go to some scripture to point to the word properly, the one who is the word Christ in us, the hope of glory, um, and talk about this. Okay, so let's go. Um let, Let's get this right out of the way at the beginning. Uh, John 4, 14, 6 ESV. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes, uh, to the father except through me. This is like, I, I think this is a no brainer. You know, I was ministering recently about, you know what? The universe doesn't love you. It's Christ who loves you. It's God who loves you. And the universe, as it resonates with the frequency of love, you'll experiencing that love. But, but it's a God who loves you, not a created that love you. Now the created can love you as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but let's not put the universe as God because it's a created entity. Anyway, I had some really interesting discussions with people who had a problem with that. Um but that's okay. <laughs> so, only one way to the father, uh except uh, only way to the father which is Christ, okay? Matthew 7:14 NIV, uh but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Well, wow, this is eternal life knowing God, knowing the father and his son. Okay. If you don't know the father and his son, or to the extent that you don't know the father and son, because like when you see a sunrise, there is a revelation of the father and the son and a lot of other religions that also, by the way, practice in and out, like you're in or you're out, you're in or you're going to their version of hell, whatever that is. Okay. Have this, have the same issue, but it's the point of how does it point to the father? How does it point to Christ? And you may not be having the name of Christ. You may just have, um, the sense and God can reveal more. Um, so, uh, so As I said, Pharisee means separatist. Well, we don't want to separate in and out. We're one. And Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the father are one. Well, how are they one? They're seamless. So we're called to be one, not just the church to be one. Yes, my God, do we need it? We have a lot of Phariseeism going on, a lot of separating, a lot of beating ourselves up with doctrine, a lot of bashing each other with the word, which is such a violation of love, the one commandment that we have. We can disagree, but we can love, right? And then not to mention, and this, this is like, uh, supposed to point us to the father. We're supposed to be known for our love for one another. That's what points to the Father. And even as we love one another, we can love other people because we see God. The other people that are not believers are not others. <laughs> They're not outies. Everybody's in. Christ became flesh, not just as a human being to experience, um, what it means to be human. He became flesh on behalf of all humanity. Uh, you'll have to go to all the exhaustive works of Paul, particularly in Romans, but throughout, I mean, his epistles, where he talks about he is dying on behalf of all humanity, raised up for all humanity. Um, and that was what was finished in Christ on the finished work of the cross. And guess what? There's this mystery of he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Lots of mystery there, but it's clearly on behalf of all humanity, all the first Adam, the second Adam on behalf of the first Adam, which covers all humanity. All people are children of God. Um, and we're operating, uh, you know, to the extent in that as sons and daughters, as we awaken to that and, um, and, and are seeing Christ rightly, who points to the Father in the Holy Spirit, where we're operating in love, loving one another as he loves, that clears our vision. Good doctrine does not save us, but it does clear our lenses so that we're seeing more and more 2020, okay? And, and we can see God rightly. We can see ourselves rightly. And then we can see uh, the church rightly. And then we can see the world rightly, and yes, we're all one. Okay, so um, I love what Paul uh, Young said. This is so helpful with this, you know, do all roads lead to the Father? Um, no. <laughs> uh, so Paul said uh, in his, in his, the shack, um, this was the question that Mackenzie asked, I think Jesus. And uh, the response was, do all roads lead to the Father? Sorry about that. And he said, most roads don't lead anywhere. But I am with everyone on all those roads. So, you know, in the futility of our uh journeys and things like that, um we can go to all sorts of ditches, okay, like, hello, uh, and we do as humanity, but God's everywhere. He really is omnipresent. And his job is to point to the Father, point to the Father, point to the finished work, all of that. And because he is the way to the Father. There's no other way. But God will meet us and meet you in Buddhism. God will meet you, God in Satanism. He'll meet you anywhere a, a, a human being is because you were a child of God before you went off into your ditch. Wow, he'll even meet the Pharisees uh, where they're at in their ditches, the Pharisee in me, um, the the heretic and me. He'll meet me. Thank God I count on it um, to lead me and lead you and God. Guide you into all truth so before we start pointing fingers and uh, saying you're out and on your way to hell they probably are experiencing hell and we're experiencing hell so let's just take the the post-mortem thing out of it for the moment. I'm not saying it's not important I'm saying now is important because now is where you you are impacted now is where God wants to meet you here. your salvation starts here and it's a continuing work that you work out okay. Uh, let's go to First Timothy four nine through ten. NIV it says this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. <laughs> Man, did we just get nailed? So he's the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Right. So hallelujah. So as believers, we get a special savings because we're cooperating with God. Okay. But in the people that don't believe he's their savior too. And let me just say this word all is the word pause. We're going to see this over and over and over, ad nauseum over. I don't know how we could be so blind to miss it. But you know, when you have a lens, a Phariseeical lens of in and out, um, you read it and you don't see it because it does, not you filter out what is not lining up with your preconceived filter, which I am proposing is wrong is just wrong and is really dishonoring to God. I'm not saying you're trying to be dishonored to God, because most people, like, they really want to do the right thing. But it's like, in order to believe rightly, um, we need a lot of healing. So this is about healing and and and, and challenging us like, wait, wait a second, where does it say that? What does that mean? In and out, whatever, right? So in these evangelical things, it has strangled the church. It has strangled people. It has done so much damage and it's done so much good. It's a mixed, mixed bag. I love the church, but we've had problems and we've hurt people and we need to own it, with our crappy theology. Uh, so let's get that Windex out. Let's clean up some of that um, and just grow, just grow. So uh, Colossians one nineteen through twenty one: For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and to to and through him to reconcile him to himself, all things. Pause whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. See, the issue is not whether you're in. The issue is how alienated you are. So if, which means I don't see that I'm in. Maybe I don't want to be in because I'm doing evil deeds and I like my evil deeds. So don't like, Tell me you love me. Don't tell me you're God. I don't want to. I'm running away from you. What's well, so futile? Where am I going to run? That God is not. Okay. Later on, I talk about in Psalm 139. Even if I make my bed in the midst of hell, even you're there. Okay. That's the word Sheol. So if God's there in hell, well, what's going on? Well, there's a lot to talk about that. But like, if He's there in hell. Uh, and we're talking about the dead, Sheol. Okay. Okay. That's the thing. That's probably another discussion, but I'm saying if he's there, how much is he in his, his sons and daughters that don't know him? And maybe the hell they're, they're experiencing and the hell you're experiencing because we are alienated in our minds. And, you know, we can be hostile in mind of what God is doing and have a Christian label. Oh, yeah, we can. And we do it all the time. That's what the Pharisees are. That's why we're being Phariseeical. And legalistic and condemning and sin conscious and you're going to hell and I'm in and I'm chosen and you're not. I'm, I, I'm predestined and you're not. What the heck is that? Okay. Not like God. So pause is all each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. <laughs> As all is all. Okay. Let's go to Colossians 119 through 21. For God is satisfied, um, uh, this is a passion translation, to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distanced from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on, be, on your behalf, so you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Let me just say this. This is how God sees Everybody, because he knows their original design and he knows what was done on the cross to win humanity back to themselves. And now it's an awakening, 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 drawing you back in your mind because that's where our alienation is. Okay. Uh, John 12, 32 says, and when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people. It doesn't really say people. It just says all um, uh, they put people or men in, in there. Okay. To myself. He will draw all to himself. Some people says that's sin. Well, sin is a, if you, if you say that, great. A sin is a, um, mistaken identity and the behaviors that come from that. So he's drawing all that. Well, if you're a mistaken identity, you don't know you're your father's son. You're your father's daughter. That works. Um, if it's all people, well, ding, the ding, ding. It's all people. The bottom line is we're all confused to some extent. We need that drawn to him. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, NIV, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. That doesn't mean for all Christians. That means for all people <laughs> everywhere. Um and therefore all died. So all human beings have died. We've died in our um our fallen mindsets uh, as the first Adam in us, right? Um, and he died for all. So that means the believers and the unbelievers or believers. Why don't we do this? And pre-believers. I like that better. Uh, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 6, NIV. This is good and pleases our uh, God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah, salvation, are we saving from hell? Absolutely, but it may not be what we thought, okay? That's a different discussion. Uh, And uh, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. So we're not confused. <clears throat> there's one way to the Father. It is Jesus the Christ, okay? Um, So when we talk about universalism, we're not talking about all ro- ro- roads lead to God. Most roads lead nowhere. They're futile, okay? Um, There's only one road, and that's Jesus the Christ. So let's just not be confused. Let's put that one to the side and get down to the meat of the issue. Who gave himself as a ransom for all people, that includes the believers. That includes the non-believers. This has now been witnessed uh, to the proper time. Let's go to Hebrews two nine NIV. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Not just the believers, but the unbelievers. Pass right everyone. That's another all. First John two two, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Okay, whole is the word holos. World is the word cosmos. Not just the believers. Let's go to John one twenty nine NIV. The next day, Jesus uh, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just the sin of unbelievers. We have we're confused about what sin is. We we we're not con- we can see sinful behavior, but it's a mistaken identity. We don't know who we are. We don't know whose we are. We are confused. We are in darkness. We are blind, and that is Christ takes away the sin." of the entire world. And he's at that drawing to himself, drawing to himself. Do, do eventually people know, need to know that this, this person, this thing, this entity, this feeling, this peace, that whatever they're encountering is actually Christ? Absolutely. They do. But that will come with time. That will come with time. When I first encountered God, the only thing I knew, <clears throat> and I was a little, little girl, and he came when after just Horrific abuse that was would have driven me insane, really, if he had not come. And the only thing I knew in this encounter was that he loved me and I loved him. I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know the name of Christ. I knew nothing. I just knew this person, this man loved me and I loved him. And that kept me from insanity, right? Um, And later on, when we went traveling uh, across Europe and I saw this man on the cross, I was like, that's the man. And that was the gospel, but he'd saved me before I knew his name. Okay. If I had died at that point, I would not have gone to hell. Just FYI. Okay. But I hadn't said the prayer. <laughs> I hadn't said, I'm a sinner. Save me from my sins. Come into my heart. He was already in my heart. And he was saying, I'm here, honey, let me help you. Right. Okay. Um, now we do need to grow. OK, all of that's important that we need. It is important, but I'm not saying that's not that's not um, how God works. OK, so let's uh, let's go to John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world cosmos through him. The world is everybody. OK, if he's not condemning the ones that are unbelievers, why are we in Christ? There's no condemnation. And let me just help you. We're all in Christ. So there's no condemnation. Now, when you're alienated in your, in your mind, there is plenty of condemnation, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever in Christ. Okay. Now we need to believe in Christ. That's, that's our problem. But I will say there's a lot of unbelieving believers. Does that mean that they're going to hell? I hope not, but it means they're experiencing hell right now. Okay. So, um, different discussion. As I said, I know there's a lot of ramifications, but we got to get this first. Because it impacts everything. If I see everybody in Christ, then the hell they're experiencing is the alienation in their minds. That's everybody. And yes, we need to know Jesus as the name that's saved, because that's the only way to the Father. That's how we're saved, and we're working it out, but it's an awakening to Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's why it's a hope of glory, because we need to be awakened, (laughs) and we need to continue to be awakened, because even when you call upon the name of Christ, you're still jacked up in your mind, and so am I, and we're all growing in the truth, okay? Uh, Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Once again, pause. 1st John 4.14, NIV. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the cosmos world, not the believers. Yes, the believers, because we're part of the world, but all believers and unbelievers to help us in our unbelieving states, wherever that is, believe. And then be saved. The salvation is knowing who he is, um, knowing who, who we are and, and, and then seeing one another rightly and just that, well, all the outworking of that. Second Corinthians 6, uh, 5, 18 through 19, NIV. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself, the cosmos, uh, in Christ, he's reconciling the world to himself in Christ. What does that mean? The world is in Christ, but they don't know it. So they're in crisis, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, not counting people's sins against them. Well, if God's not counting people's sins against them, why are we? No condemnation. So we should not condemn because then we're acting in an antichrist way. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Reconciliation means, the message of reconciliation means you're reconciled. God has reconciled you to himself. Okay, you're following Buddha, but God is reconciling you to himself. You're confused, okay? Um, your 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 new age, okay? Um, and worshiping the created rather than the creator or whatever, worshiping or calling yourself God, worshiping yourself the created as rather than creator. Okay, well, God has reconciled you to himself. Now be reconciled to God. The issue is our being reconciled to God. It's not a problem on God's end, it's a problem on our end, okay. Um, believer, Christian, follower who is not really cl- Uh, clear uh, that God doesn't think you're a dirty, rotten sinner, or or that God is not condemning you, or you can't love, or you're judgmental, or you're ugly, or you're having a porn issue. All those different things, those are sinful behaviors um, that need saving. And so be reconciled to God because he's already reconciled to you. It's fabulous. Um, Romans 8.32, um, NIV, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, Oh, how will he not also, along with us, graciously give us, graciously give us all things? Pause. Gave us up for all. The believers, the unbelievers, the ones who are not quite sure, the unbelieving believers, the believing unbelievers. There's a lot of unbelievers who believe a whole heck of a lot more than the believers. I'm just saying. (laughs) We're humanity. We need help. And oh my God, we have a helper. We have a savior. <clears throat> okay, God is omnipresent. That means He's in every person. Psalm 139, 7 through 8, New King James. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence if I send in, in, into heaven? You are there. If if I make my bed in hell or Sheol, behold, you are there. God's everywhere. Wow. Uh, He's actually in your unbelieving Buddhist friends he's in the muslim enemy he's in the one that's trying to chop your head off he's in the satanist he really is uh, it's the matter of darkness and alienation that leads to horrific behavior when we do not know <clears throat> who God is and that's father uh, Jesus Christ pointing as the way to the father in the Holy, in Holy spirit. Okay. When we do not know that we do not know who we are. When we don't know who we are, we spin out in sinful ways of being. And the more more alienated we are, the more evil we partner with, even as Christians. Right. So you can say you're a Christian, but you can act like the devil. Yeah, absolutely. You can. And we have, we have a track record to prove it. We've been acting as Pharisees and separatists. We've been dividing over whether we're in or out, and if you need to be sprinkled or, or submersed, or if tongues is of the devil, or if holy laughter is actually holy or it's satanic, or whatever our pet thing is, or if there's a hell, and if you don't believe in hell, you're going there, um, and, or if you, you if, if you if you or, or you're going to tell people to end up in eternal conscious torment, and that's what the salvation message is, and no, it's not. He's certainly saving us from hell, but I don't think it's what we thought it was. Um, Because I do believe in a literal hell, but I think it's a little different than what we've been taught. Whole different issue. Um, But I know it comes in there. Um, Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, New King James he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So as as you're part of, as as you join his church, his body, his bride, as you awaken to that that you're in, you awaken to the fact: Wow, I'm in. But I was always in. I was never out, except in my mind, alienation in our mind. Um Ephesians one ten, that in the dispensation, the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So if you're in heaven or in earth, um let's see, which human being is not on earth that's not been drawn in him. There's no human being, there's no out. Acts 2.17, okay, so we say, okay, well, maybe Christ is in you, but like God's, the Holy Spirit's not in you. Maybe you're in Christ, but Christ is not in you. Okay, well, let's talk about this. Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters, all flesh shall, shall prophesy, that's pause again, your young man shall see visions and old man shall dream dreams. This is why there's so many unbelievers. They just don't believe yet in Christ as the way, but they're having encounters and visions. Why? Because Christ is in them, leading them and guiding them into all truth. The spirit has already been poured out on all flesh. If you have a flesh, spirit's been poured out on you, right? And this, and if we say this is not the last days, I don't think anybody would argue that. But, um, this is the fulfillment of Joel 2.28. Okay. Um, last days, we're in the last days. Okay. Um, uh, Colossians 1.15 through 21, New King James. He is the firstborn of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. That's every human being. Um, uh, that are one in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist in Christ. Unbelievers consist. Believers consist, right? And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the, the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. So the church may be the firstborn among the dead because they actually awoke. But then when the unbelievers awaken, they're part of the church, right? But they're not out. They're just recognizing that they're in, all right? They're awakening. Uh, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness shall dwell. And by him reconcile all things to himself. By him were the things on earth. Okay, that's every human being or things in heaven. Having made peace, peace has been made, uh, on behalf of the father. Be reconciled. Don't, God is already reconciled to you. And the problem here, verse 21 again, I'm just saying it again. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. So he's already reconciled every human being. Okay. That's not the issue. We thought it was the issue, but it's not the issue. It is a finished work of the cross. You see, and when we don't recognize that, we water down um, what Christ has done. We water it down. So I know I've given you a ton of verses, but what I wanted to do is like, bam, 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 all, all, every, every, in, in, (laughs) everyone. And now we can see each other as one. This is what Jesus prayed, that we would be one, as he and the Father are one, him and us and us and him, right? This is what God is doing. You don't think that God's prayer is being answered, that somehow we can't be one, that he can't reconcile all things. Who are we to say that? We are the created. And God is the creator, and He's masterful, and He adores every single human being. Which child of yours would you like to send to eternal conscious torment? Because they didn't jump through a hoop. So maybe we need He follows them to hell and reconciles them. I'm just saying we do have vast hope, vast hope. It's God's business about drawing to Himself. But don't say that people aren't in. People may have for eternity refuse God. They may do that, and that's called. I can't tell you how stupid that is, foolish or whatever that that is truly hell. But I, I personally believe that God is love who never fails and is better at his job to reconcile than it, we are in our resistance to his reconciliation. I don't know. Not up to me. I'm not God, but I trust him and he's beautiful. So the next human being that you look at, whether they're a uh legalist, or whether they're a Buddhist or whether they're a Satanist, God is in them and he's working to reconcile them. And the more we're reconciled, the more more we're manifesting as sons and daughters and creation is being released from its bondage. Be encouraged. My God, the work of the cross is more sweeping than we ever thought. God is better than we ever thought. And you are better than you ever thought. And the and the jerk next to you, or the one who looks like a jerk, <laughs> is <clears throat> better than you ever thought. And it is really working. He really is redeeming all things to himself. It's sweeping. It's glorious. And now we're free to love because we don't have to worry that somehow we can't do that to the ones that are out. Like, what the heck? How do you think they're going to awaken to the fact that they're in? Anyway, I hope this is helpful. I uh, meditate, take it to the Lord, grapple with these scriptures. I, I know there's other scriptures that make it look other things. I'm not here to argue, but I'm saying, oh my God, this is so much. It's like, okay, something's happening here. It's a real deal. Love the one in front of you. Draw them to Christ in them, the hope of their glory. Draw them the fact that they're beautiful, holy, the way God. God... <clears throat> designed before the foundation of the world, they'll awaken to that and and be the beautiful, holy, glorious person. Recognize that in yourself. That's what God is wanting to do. He's reconciled you. Be reconciled. I love you. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.